Support for Film Comment comes from Sundance Institute and the Sundance Film Festival, returning January 24th through February 3rd in Park City, Salt Lake City, and Sundance Resort. Discover the 2019 lineup, including world premiere films, VR experiences, panels, and more at sundance.org festival. The Film Comment podcast is sponsored by Kino Lorber, presenting Jean-Luc Godard's The Image Book, winner of the first-ever Special Palme d'Or at Cannes, and an official selection of the 56th New York Film Festival, The Image Book hits theaters starting January 25th. Welcome to the Film Comment Podcast. I'm Nicholas Rapold, Editor-in-Chief of Film Comment, and this is our first Sundance podcast of 2019. And to kick things off, I'm speaking with Amy Taubin, contributing editor to Film Comment and a veteran of Sundance. This is our preview look at the lineup, but we begin with a few films that aren't actually in competition, and we talk about other films that might get lost in the shuffle. But we'll be seeing a bunch of new movies every day, so check back every day for new episodes of the podcast with the latest from the festival. Let's go to our chat. Hello, welcome to the Film Comment Podcast. I'm Nick Rapold, uh, Editor-in-Chief of Film Comment, and this is our preview podcast since we... Technically haven't seen anything on the ground yet, um, but we do have certain opinions and inklings we will share. And I'm very pleased to be joined by... Amy Talbin, contributing editor at Film Comment. So here we are. We, I, I, I'm going to call this an undisclosed uh, location and undisclosed time as well. <laughs> um, but suffice to say, it's before the festival. Um, and this is sort of an interesting year. I guess it's a bit of a transition year, just in the sense that uh, the Sundance Festival programming team has kind of had a shift and we have a new, a new director of programming, Kim Yutani. Um, I don't know how how that's going to, or has affected the programming. I don't know if you want to weigh in on that. I don't think we can weigh in on that till the end, because just in terms of the setup of the categories, um, everything looks pretty much as usual, except that there is a, a section called Next, and Next has always been where really inexpensive films usually by unknown directors without any stars. And suddenly there's a Naomi Watts film in this. <laughs> Next. Why is it in Next? So Next looks really quite different than it's been looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the only kind of change in terms of sections and categories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there was one other thing. Um, this is really general, but in very recent years... I think the festival tried to get clamped down on some of the really branding stuff and industry stuff and commercial stuff that people coming to Park City and using it in a kind of way. And obviously, Redford really didn't like that. And so it got a little bit quieter, but this year it just seems back in a huge, huge way. Hmm. Not that they're going to be giving out buckets of swag or anything (laughs) like that, but I've gotten so many emails from publicists who are taking their acting clients who have three small credits and 
I am being offered interviews with these people. They send you head sheets for these people. I've never seen anything like this at Sundance. So that's wow. a part of it I'm not looking forward to. I see. <laughs> yeah, it can get pretty, uh, pretty relentless. And I mean, is that, I, I, I feel like, I don't know if this is a side effect of this, uh, but I feel like s the slam dance, slam dance seems a little more prominent this year. I'm not sure if that's just an illusion. There is a good reason for partly at least. <laughs> yeah, I mean, slam dance is a little more prominent this year because they're giving their, it's their 25th anniversary and they're giving an award to Steven Soderbergh, who is showing a preview of his new Netflix film, High Flying Bird, which is also going to be at the Film Society of Lincoln Center as Film Comment Presents. Yeah. Part of that series. Yeah, it's going to be. <laughs> I feel a little guilty plugging uh, Film Comment Selects in the, this podcast, but it's true. Um, after Sundance, it will show in Film Comment Selects as a spotlight screening. Uh, so. But this is not a theatrical release ever. It's a couple right. of one offs and festivals and yeah. Netflix. Yeah. Uh, and this is a film I think we can say that we have seen, I, I guess. Uh, I think we can say we can seen. say that, yeah. And I, you know, just to dive in, it's a, as good a, good a movie as any to dive in just because I, I found it a real, a real uh, delightful film um, and something of a surprise too because of the, the subject being a basketball lockout, which, you know, is, I admit, I had to kind of look up some of the details of what that entails, um, but, but that didn't really stop me um, from enjoying the film. And of course, there's hardly any basketball in the film. Right. Someone who isn't a player takes a couple of jump shots <laughs> and two people who are playing star players throw the ball once yeah. and that's it. So yeah. um, I, I, I think it's one of his best films. Uh, I think it's one of his best films because him being Steven Soderbergh. Mm -hmm. um, in part because he has this great script by Terrell Alvin McCraney. Yeah. Um, that is a kind of perfect script mm -hmm. in that someone who doesn't know anything about basketball can uh, yeah. watch it without any problems because the basketball lockout is there in some detail, but it's also a metaphor mm -hmm. for a moment when the infrastructure of the entertainment industry, and basketball is part of the entertainment industry, mm -hmm. um, is up for grabs. Yeah. You know, it's really coming apart. And okay. so this is a movie really as much about what Netflix has done yeah. to liberate talent from the clutches of the studio system. That's true. Um, as it is about liberating basketball players and the game from the largely from the moneyed white owners and the league yeah um and that's kind of amazing it also i mean i love that the film has its uh rosebud and its rosebud is a great book uh mm -hmm. which has just been republished which you know was kind of like one of the Bibles of the civil rights movement in the mm -hmm. 60s, and it's called The Revolt of the Black Athlete, and it actually was originally published in 67. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that is a good, um, 
surprise that that lurks <laughs> in, in in the film um and i mean also it's just a movie that has really one of the most like charismatic casts i've seen assembled in in, in a while andre holland playing this um agent who who is trying to like recalibrate the rules of the game um and it's very entertaining watching him do so and and then i mean who else is there zazie beats um, who is like who has her eyes won two prizes. Yeah. <laughs> One is the star rookie, but the other prize is to move into the position that is now Sonia Sohn's mm-hmm. position, which is, and it's interesting, there has been for a long time a woman who's the head oh. negotiator for the Players Union. Oh, interesting. Um, oh. So, uh, that yeah. I mean, that's, these are not their actual names or the real characters. Right, yeah. There's also a basketball agent who looks exactly like Andre Holland looks in this movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> really? <laughs> and so it sounds like you did more more research than uh, than I, I should have done. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, and there's also Kyle MacLachlan, that's just like really playing kind of delicious villain. <laughs> really sleazoid. <laughs> sleazoid, yeah. Uh, I think I, I think for our the the write up we had. Uh, singled out a particular way. He's like clearing his nose at some point. It's just like, yeah, and he, he definitely, good. it's a good good villain. I also think it's a great looking movie. You know, there'll oh. be much made of how it right. was shot on, largely, but not entirely, on iPhones. Yeah. But, you know, he is, uh, Soderbergh had a very clear minimalist mise-en-scene, which is New York is mostly vertical. It's vertical in its buildings, and when you get into really moneyed buildings, the interiors are all vertical windows. And the whole film is shot not in any kind of flamboyant way, and it's mostly, you know, Mm one-on-ones between rivals, which is kind of like basketball one-on-ones. Yes, yeah. And the talk is very fast. Yeah, it's very fast. I mean, it has a kind of, a bit of a classical Hollywood feel to it in, in that sense that it's a movie that's very driven by series of, of uh, kind of fast-paced dialogue and that is the action in a, in a lot of ways and those the kind of yeah the, the shifting power relations between people yeah I mean the, the look of it's it's not always in New York I like to look at <laughs> but mm-hmm. but Soderbergh has always been really good at showing that I mean like the girlfriend experience is another movie where you know I can't stand looking at some of those places you know but that's well, what's there. I think I, I can't stand the girlfriend experience, but <laughs> this film is enlivened yeah. by the people within those. Yes, absolutely. Spaces. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, so that's High Flying Bird. Um, that's, I guess, <laughs> that's a, you know one highlight. That's not even in you know the sun Sundance itself. Um, and then actually, Steven Soderbergh alerted me oh, to yeah. two films in Slamdance that. If I see anything better in Sundance, I would be surprised. There are two wonderful, very young films in Slamdance. One is a Scottish film called Beats. It's by Brian Welsh. I think it's a first feature, but I'm not sure. It's set in the 90s in Glasgow, and it's about rave culture. I mean, it's two teenagers, and frankly, I didn't think I'd ever see a white boy coming of age movie that I care passionately about, but I care passionately about this film. It broke my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the other one, um, is, is vast, vast of, of night. night. 
by Andrew Patterson. Patterson, yeah. And I think it is a first film, Mm -hmm. although he seems to be a somewhat experienced filmmaker in the commercial world. Mm -hmm. Set in Cayuga County, New Mexico, but shot in Texas, I think. Mm -hmm. And it's a kind of... Hard to describe. It's got touches of, you know, you can see behind it Andrew Bujowski maybe, uh-huh. and a little bit the guy who made Primer. But oh, it right. really is an original voice, mm-hmm. and it's kind of enter the Twilight Zone because at first you think it is Twilight Zone material. Uh-huh. It's 50s. And eventually it gets to be 50s kind of sci-fi. Incessant camera movement, but Mm -hmm. just the kind of actually Roma camera movement. It's all just even tracking shots. Uh There are two great young actors. The tone is kind of very nonchalant, but it builds and builds. And the great thing about it is it's a 50s movie that doesn't do any David Lynch at all. Hmm. Wow. So that's pretty terrific. And um, it also is talking about ideas of alien invasion from the southern border, Ah. both metaphorically and you know, in terms of there being aliens coming down to Earth, but aliens that take over your mind and uh-huh. take over your culture. Uh-huh. It's, I think it's an absolutely great movie. Yeah, that's definitely one uh, that I want to to check out. I, I, I like that we've started with two, like three films and are still haven't even gone to, to the main, um, to the Sundance selection. I feel like that there's something healthy about that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean... Are there, I guess, what what are the films in, in Sundance that people are probably uh, interested in seeing or, or curious about seeing? Um, I mean, there are films by, you know, familiar names. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm interested in seeing Gurinda Chadra's movie. Mm-hmm. She's kind of, sometimes she's great and sometimes she's not, but I'm interested in that. I'm interested in Nick Broomfield's documentary. Right. Yes. Want to talk about that? Uh, I I have not seen it, but yeah, yeah I haven't it. seen it either. <laughs> but um, it's a documentary about a, an inspirational love affair. Yes. By uh, in the life of a singer who I never cared about. <laughs> <laughs> really? You you never never cared about? No, no Leonard Cohen for you. No, oh. no Leonard Cohen ever. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but I'm very curious about this movie. Yeah. In general. I think the documentaries seem, you know, you never know what you're getting with the dramatic films. But the documentaries at least have subject matters and they have directors of some experience. Yeah. There are three that particularly caught my eye, two of them I've seen. Mm -hmm. Um, One of them, I think it's really, really, really something. It's The Disappearance of My Mother. Oh. Mm -hmm. And... um, the central figure is Benedetta Barzini, who was a supermodel in the 60s mm-hmm. um, and kind of momentarily part of the Warhol scene. And there's some great footage of her 
that Warhol shot with Duchamp at an opening. Oh, wow. But she went back to Italy at the end of the 60s. She was discovered by Diana Vreeland riding her bike. At 75, she still rides her bike. But she went back to the 60s, and she became quite an influential Italian feminist. Mm-hmm. And she teaches... Um, really the politics of the image and photography uh, in the big university in Milan. But she is eccentric, or people would think she was eccentric beyond words. Mm -hmm. And her son has been filming her forever. Mm -hmm. And she is trying to disappear, and she hates cameras, and he is insisting on her presence. And it's clear that he has an extremely symbiotic relationship with her. Mm. And part of the film is about their inevitable separation. Mm. So it also is a heartbreaker. But she is she is just one of the great women of our time. Wow. Yeah. And that uh, what's the title again for that one? Uh, the Disappearance of My Mother. Okay. And... Um, Barzini is actually going to be in Sundance for two days. Oh, no I kidding. mean, what she's going to make of it, I don't know. <laughs> she's um, turn around and get back on the plane. <laughs> uh, she, she's tough, but yeah. I don't think she's going to like it much. The director will be there the whole time. Oh, wow. That's good. Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm also curious about, I mean, there are a couple, a couple speaking, speaking of the dramas, I mean, I agree it's, it's, it's always a bit, feels like a bit of a thing surprise you. I mean, but The Last Black Man in San Francisco intrigues me. Uh-huh. Maybe uh, Ms. Purple as well. Really? I know nothing about Ms. Purple. Oh, really? <laughs> tell, tell, us, tell me something about Ms. Purple. I, all I know is it's that, <laughs> it's, it, I mean, the, you know, the, the director's first film made me wonder what his second film would be. So, I, I mean, I really, I have, I mean, in terms of the description of it, I guess it, it's set in um, Koreatown in Los Angeles and about a karaoke hostess. I don't know more of it than that, but I, I just thought, yeah, for some reason I'm curious about what he does next. I don't know. Yeah. There also is uh, a whole lot of uh, TV series. Right. Um, they've been building that. There's a new one by Gregoraki, which looks like a lot of youth skin, <laughs> um, flamboyantly shown. Uh-huh. You know, it may be Greg in one of his really flamboyant moods, uh-huh. <laughs> but hard to tell. There's a series by Stephen Frears. There are a lot of British films. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, English-speaking, like there are a bunch of Australian films. There's a film by the woman who made The Babadook that I'm very curious about. Right. That's the one that uh, premiered in Venice. And um, I mean, not to rehash its grief there, but it could have had a happier premiere, um, although she uh-huh. won, won a prize there. Um, and yeah, it is interesting when films like that kind of get restaged or, mm-hmm. or relaunched in that way. Um, and, and I believe she's going to be there at, yeah. at, in Sundance. Yeah, curious how that will be received. Um, I think it's fair to say it's somewhat of a uh, controversial uh, uh-huh. narrative. Just, I mean, it's a it's a bloody vengeance s- story. There, there's a lot going <laughs> on in that. I don't, you know, because it's a movie. Because I want I want people to be able to see it fresh, so I don't want to like re, re rehash it. But um, 
it's very interesting to see in a different environment, like it's markedly different festival environment, that what it, what its reception will be. Well, Sundance has always cultivated really bloody midnight movies, yeah. um, and they're they present them well. Yes, you know, I w- it, it wasn't a midnight movie, but I saw it at midnight. Like I saw American Psycho mm-hmm. at Sundance, and I was terrified to walk home. Uh, I always stay in the same place. It's up three flights of stairs uh, to the height of Park Avenue behind Main Street. And I've always thought that going up them late at night, I'd end up like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. But this was with an American psycho behind me. This was terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're very, very, it's a very good town for midnight movies. Right. Yeah, there's a real desolation of, and, uh, to the kind of absolute snowy silence. Um, and it seems to be already very, very cold. And right. there already seems to be a lot of snow. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it's always, you would definitely work for it. You always have to work for it um, I'm there. Um, I just, just remembered speaking of, uh, you mentioned, you know, British or Australian films. The Souvenir, I think, is, is pretty... That's the Joanna Hogg. Oh, yeah. I'm really anxious to see that. Yeah, me too. Um, and this, I guess, is its world premiere, mm-hmm. um, which, yeah, just seems another one where I, I wouldn't have guessed that this would be the particular festival for it. I, I, it's, it doesn't, just based upon her, her kind of past films, but, you know, I guess that's a good thing, have something a little different. I think the uh, the world cinema category has been both in docs and features uh, has been beefed up a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, originally Sundance had almost no world cinema, mm-hmm. and it grew and grew. And this year, it seems particularly that films you wouldn't expect you to be expect them to be looking for other kinds of festivals right. are there. Yeah. Now, someone who has a film at Sundance every other year, uh, the documentarian Kim Longinato. Yes. Now, she has a wonderful documentary. It's not like, um, you know, like The Disappearance of My Mother is Mm -hmm. formally really interesting. I mean, you don't see that kind of relationship between mother and son Mm -hmm. intimately acted out at every moment on camera. Mm -hmm. Um, Kim Longinato has... Uh, a fairly standard way of making films, mm-hmm. but she has a great subject here, and it is um, the Italian photographer Letitia uh, Battaglia. 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 Yeah. Who is uh, 84 now yes. and still actively photographing. Um, she's a journalist, and her subject is the mafia. Mm-hmm. Um, and she uh, she has an incredible body of work. So part of the film is looking at her body of work, but also is watching her in action. Yeah, and it's really good. So it's one of a group of films that have mm-hmm. these extraordinary central figures, mm-hmm. uh, women characters, either fictional or in real life. There's yeah. another documentary that's about Molly Ivins. Oh yeah, the a uh, political essayist and feminist who died much too young. I wish she were around now. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, that's definitely one I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to as well. Well, I think we're probably coming to the end of uh, our time for this one. So, I mean, I think there, yeah, we've only scratched the surface, but 
there'll be plenty more. And then it's always interesting to see just how the weekend goes, watching, you know, as things are discovered or something lands with a splat or not. Uh, but I don't know. I try to keep an open mind going into it. Uh, you know, you, you get a sense sometimes whether it's a, it seems like a stronger festival or a weaker festival, but it's really, you know, I have to wait till I'm on the ground to kind of see. You hear that, publicists? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not even reading the catalog. <laughs> I'm going how, blind. <laughs> that's how that's how open a mind we're we're keeping here. Um, but that's our first installment, preview installment, and the next time you'll you hear from us, we'll have we'll have already seen a few more movies. But until next time, um, happy movie going, and thank you very much, Amy. Thank you, Nick. You've been listening to the Film Comment Podcast with music by Greg Einge. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Film Comment is a bi-monthly magazine published by the Film Society of Lincoln Center. Since 1962, Film Comment has featured in-depth features, critical analysis, and feature coverage of mainstream, art house, and avant-garde filmmaking from around the world. Visit us online at filmcomment.com to purchase a print or digital subscription to Film Comment or check out our app, available on Android, iOS, or Kindle.